I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Kieran. Hi, Eve. Are we dead yet? Apparently not. Damn. I know. It's been a week. Two weeks. Yeah. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Sorry, guys. It's been two weeks. Yeah, last week, a lot of stuff went down. That was intense. Right, so we had a whole episode planned, and then, you know, Supreme Court hearings started, and we realized that we should have been paying attention to that earlier and planned an episode around it. By the way, sorry, guys, I've got a cult this week, so if I sound gross... They're just going to have to live with it, because imagine having it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we talked to a bunch of experts, invited them on, scheduling didn't work out, but we got some good input on what was covered there. I got to listen to the audio of one of the arguments, and, um, and we have some thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You also have some things going on that you should probably share real fast. Oh, yeah. I apparently don't have Addison's, which, cool, I guess. Well, they can't prove it. They can't it. prove it. Don't have- what irritates me is... Doesn't mean that you don't have it. Right, and, and my instinct is that I basically have, like, the lead-up to Addison's, right? Like, it feels like my adrenals are just shot in the way that I've felt they've been since I was 15, but it's getting worse. Well, I mean, this is isn't this just like PTSD? It shoots your cortisol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It burns through everything, and so you have nothing left. Yes, that's exactly what happens. So uh, I did the tests, and my levels are normal in the morning. They spike in the afternoon, and then they're untraceable at night. And so I had to do them again, and it was still normal in the morning, so I don't really know even why we bothered with that. But anyway, I'm trying to get a referral to an endocrinologist, which is a lot. And my doctor is very, like, naturopathy, homeopathy stuff, which, like, I It's nice to appreciate. be cautious, but, yeah, you need you need some, like, big guns. Right. I need, one, actual medicine, and, two, something that my insurance will cover, because my insurance will not cover Eastern medicine or, like, natural supplements or anything like that. And because I dropped out of school, I don't have financial aid, so I am broke mm-hmm. as fuck. I did my, like, budget for the month at the beginning of the month, and after, like, paying all of my bills, including, like, my new dentist bill, and then putting aside, like, $200 for groceries, which is really low when you have to have, like, gluten-free, low FODMAP, yeah. no lactose. And you live in a big city. And I live in Oakland. Like... I had $1 remaining at the end of the month, and my doctor is like, so you should go to this sliding scale acupuncture place and take these herbal supplements. And I'm like, I don't, I literally do not have the money to do that. I am physically and mentally incapable of, like, finding a normal job right now. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I wrote a post on Patreon, on our Patreon, about all the various avenues that are available if you'd like to support me in this journey where I'm trying very hard not to die from adrenal failure. And yeah, that's like where I'm at. And then SCOTUS happened. So and then SCOTUS it was happened. Great. So and I went home for the weekend, which I, you know, always discourage. 
And, um, of course, <laughs> my body went into full on, like, now you're going to be sick. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I knew it was a risk. All right. So let's get into the real meat of this. Yeah. SCOTUS happened. I did not watch or read anything about the hearing reports. So what did so, you find out? Okay. So f- I think it's important to understand some of the, like, a lot of this is based on legal precedent, right? Right. So they're arguing about Title Seven, which is about discrimination in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know, discrimination based on, based on sex, gender, et cetera, et cetera. But there's this one case from, I believe it was 1988, that keeps coming up in the hearings or in the in the argument and it's called it's um price water for house v hopkins and oddly enough the more i dug into it the more i was amazed to discover there's like some fun correlations here ann hopkins who's the appellate she was a hollands alum which is the school i just graduated from which you know is an all-female institution um for the undergrad so Ann Hopkins was married to a dude, was living in New York, was working at an accounting firm. And her husband was also an accountant working at a firm, and she couldn't work at his firm because of family mm-hmm. nepotism stuff. So she went and got a job at Price Waterhouse. And at Price Waterhouse, she started bringing in the most clients of anybody. Within the first five years, she had brought in consistently every year the most number, like the most business of any of their employees. So she's like totally rocking it. But this woman, being who she is, is very butch presenting and rides in on a motorcycle to work every day, a Harley, I'll have you know, (laughs) and soars like a sailor. And so she should, like by all on paper records, should have been offered a partnership at this accounting firm immediately. Like, at the end of her first year. But she wasn't. And so she'd been denied it twice. And both times, the reasoning came basically back to she wasn't conforming to feminine stereotypes well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't think that represented the firm right. So gets all the way to the Supreme Court. And she wins. And the interesting thing about this case is it brings into question not just like on the basis of sex but on the basis of gender stereotypes like are you conforming to your gender stereotype correctly are you expressing your gender the way we expect you to express it and if not bad right and that's the direct tie to this current argument is like introducing that language of gender stereotypes has opened the door for this whole case so I listened to, um, we'll link to the transcripts slash the audio recordings of both of these, but um, I listened to the first of the two cases, Stevens versus Harris Funeral Homes. I'm like blinking on their name. Real yes, fast. Harris Funeral Homes. I think. Yeah, Stevens versus Harris Funeral Homes. And it's not Stevens, but it's the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission. But it's basically Miss Stevens, Amy Stevens, who's the transgender woman at the heart of this so she was working as the director of the funeral home transitioned and they fired her Mm -hmm. and she'd been doing a great job at her job and 
you know, the, there's a question of like BFOQ, which got brought up in the argument a lot, which is like, does the job itself require certain things that don't coexist with certain identities? The original um, question about BFOQ came from like, I think it was a construction foreman job where a man who was a Sikh was suing about it and with his turban, it was incompatible with the helmet. Mm. And so they were allowed to discriminate against him for like the job itself requires this. And so that was like one of the things that like got brought up as like, this can't be brought into the scope of this argument because her job at the funeral home is not like does not require her to wear wear a certain outfit or like, you know, there's nothing about the job that requires a certain gender performance. Right. So that was one of the things that got brought up too. So the context is like, basically, can we say that like discrimination on the basis of of sex includes discrimination on the basis of not conforming to sex stereotypes, sex presentation stereotypes. Right. And then it's paired with this other case that's brought up, which is another gay at work situation. And so the, the, the context of having those two cases tied to each other, this case was, was like not granted cert. So the Amy Stevens case has been up before for the Supreme court and they wouldn't hear it because they wanted to hear it in conjunction with another case. Right. And this is the case they wanted to hear it with because they wanted to hear it with a, so like se- sexual preference and gender presentation mm-hmm. being linked as like the same kind of gender discrimination. So that's on SCOTUS for yep. deciding that these things need to be tied together. Yep. Which I think is a double-edged sword. I think there's some benefit to that that approach. Yeah. But it also like re- reflects the makeup of the bench right now with like a very like the Overton window for the you know the bench of justices up there right now has shifted so far right that like we have Gorsuch looking like downright moderate Mm -hmm. which came out in the the hearing in the arguments the questions he was asking placed him kind of at the middle weird on this which yeah I know is not like what we would have thought Um, but it really did it like it it makes his current political standing the middle of the road for that lineup. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But, you know, but he was asking questions and that, like, we're tying these things together in ways that may be beneficial for, like, the more liberal ruling. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a, I don't know. I feel like there's, like, a, a good chance that this case will shake out in a way we'd like to see. But I because of the way it's tied and stuff. But I think one of the interesting things that I heard in the, one of the more interesting things that I heard in the arguments was, I'm sorry, my dog is chewing up on in the background. She's very loud. She's um, very one of the more interesting things that I heard in the background, in the arguments was this kind of, this question of massive social upheaval as being caused by a ruling in favor of Amy Stevens. So the idea is, like, that keeps being touted by the um, lawyer from ADF Mm -hmm. was if the court ruled in favor of Amy Stevens, it would cause massive social upheaval. 
because there would be so many things that would have to change to accommodate such a ruling. Right, because trans people are just... Don't exist. Right. Right. So it was, it like, it was almost laughed at um, as, like, I, I mean, obviously everything's, like, very, like, ensconced in formality and encoding. And, right. And honestly, if you guys did NCFCA debate, like, you would laugh, like, the Birch, the lawyer for ADF, so sounded like a second year, like, sophomore. Oh, my God. NCFCA debater. It was so bad. But the, the like, responses were this, like, coded, like, kind of pushback on this, like, seriously, do you think that, like, trans people haven't been existing in public at all until, up until this point? Right. Like, the question of, like, having, being dissuaded from a ruling in, in Ms. Stevens' favor because it would change society so much is laughable because trans people have been existing within current systems Forever. and it hasn't been causing any problem. Like yeah. one of the questions that was brought up was like, <clears throat> look, we have like trans men lawyers in this courtroom right now who are using the men's restroom and it's not disturbing anyone. Yep. What's the problem? Yeah. So, um, it was kind of like, nice to hear that argument being recognized as ridiculous. Yeah. I, I did not listen to the second one because I feel like we're a lot more familiar with the the scope of that kind of argument about like, you know, being fired for being right. out and gay at work. But we'll put the links to both of those up. I think it's, it's just, it's interesting to watch. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of terror among my trans friends and community about this case and I just you know obviously I'm not telling you how to feel but I would remind people that things are kind of bad right now but this wouldn't make it worse yeah like this would make it just like codified as just as bad as it as it currently is which might give push on a presidential candidate to make this a platform issue right to change it at the federal level or to change it at the state level so a lot of these kinds of changes these kinds of reforms like even if they don't like progressively get put through at the supreme court level you know the state to state regulations won't be affected by this ruling right right and so on a state to state level you can lobby your representatives your delegates your you know local elected officials to put in place local protections. Yeah, kind of the issue. same way that California did that for healthcare when that was up last year. Right. So basically, like, as much as, yes, this is big and scary, like, it's big and scary inside an entire ecosystem of law. And there are other ways to get at putting protections in place and SCOTUS might rule against these protections, but that might give more impetus towards grassroots movements at the state level and at the federal level for someone to put in a bill that will like codify protections, right? And like re, in, you know, add it 
into a state constitution or something like that. So that, you know, I honestly, I, I like on one hand, like this is like the quandary of Donald Trump. Like he woke everybody up. Mm-hmm. He's really, really bad, but he woke everybody up. Yeah. So if this is really, really bad, but we get shit done through these other routes, maybe it'll be worth it. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that to dismiss the lives that have been lost over discrimination. I'm not saying that to minimize the current suffering of people who are experiencing this dis- discrimination. I'm I'm looking at it from a like legal strat like political and legal strategy standpoint. Right. Um, in terms of like how these processes work, which is a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah. The the policy route is a completely different like mental place from the like actually living at in this right this there's right the, i have to compartmentalize my brain yeah. i have to like split off between like i'm really upset not care right. and like like okay like cold analyzing like how what's the best way to get this done and the best way to get this done may not be on the state legislation level right and i think that definitely is the strategy to like advocate for and work towards right so if your state is going into session in January, like Virginia is, call your representatives. Yeah. Ask them to introduce a bill on this. Ask them to bring it into the onto the floor for debate to make it an actual like state level protection. That will do more right. than you know sitting and worrying about SCOTUS. What's really? Because we're not going to hear the ruling on this until March. Yeah, at least like it'll be so a while. Yeah, and March at the very earliest. So, like, don't sit on your butt and worry about this. Go call your elected officials. Yeah. What's really funny to me is, like, and I guess we should give some background on FRC first real fast, which is the Family Research Research Council. Um, The current president of the FRC is Tony Perkins, who is also... Um, Wait, I know that name for, like... Yeah, he's on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. He was a Trump appointment. Mm, right. Um Yeah, and he is also uh, friendly with the Klan and does things for, like, white supremacist groups. He, oh, yeah, um, obviously. FRC, every year, puts on the Values Voters Summit, which just happened last... This weekend. That's where I know of him, the Values Voters Summit. Yeah. And his whole, uh, their whole organization is basically dedicated to, uh, well, it's to uphold family values, but really it's to, like, get rid of all the queer people. Like, they're very, their whole, like, mission lately has been attacking LGBT rights. And their whole, like, growing up, like, my family was part of, like, FRC. I went to the Values Voters Summit. Like, I was very much in the circle. And their whole thing that they hated, 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 hated the ACLU for was that mm-hmm. the ACLU was going to the Supreme Court to get laws passed, which is literally exactly what they're doing right now. It is exactly what they're trying to do. They are doing the strategy that they hate on the ACLU for, which is establishing legal precedent. And it's just, like... It, it irks me. Right. Well, this is this is what we talk about when we say this has been the plan all along. Like, this is why 
we got indoctrinated in constitutional law stuff and like were taught about the state's rights version of the Civil War, which is a myth, and got taught about like why the Electoral College was so good. And that was so that we would uphold in our minds the like sacred institution of the courts. Right. Because the courts could run ramshot over the rest of everything. Right. In our favor. And so if we flooded the courts with small issues cases and we had, you know, PhD grads and Regent University grads and, you know, Biola and Pensacola State, you know, like all of these, you know, fundamentalist Christian kids going in to law school and then becoming local level magistrates and working their way up as judges yeah that's that was a way that was one prong of that multi-pronged approach yeah for like taking over for god (laughs) right exactly and yeah and that was their whole thing and they were always just so angry that like other people did it but that's that's literally what they're trying to do it's all part of the plan so the frc released an issue brief about why sexual orientation and gender identity should never be specially protected categories under the law. Uh-huh. And it's, it's... And they wrote this, like, what, 50 years ago? It's pretty priceless. Uh, when was it? It was written in December of 2018. Uh-huh. Go figure. So I'm just going to read off, like, what their, what their bullet points are. Um, the first bullet point is the... SOGI laws are not justified in principle. Okay, wait, we gotta, we gotta. Which is apparently. So I think this is this is like the Fundy version of same-sex attraction versus LGBTQ. Right. So you know, I don't know if you're familiar with any of this stuff, but like in church world, it's called SSA. Yeah. Because bisexuals don't exist. Right. In transgender people don't exist. Right. And. And it's only same-sex attraction. Right. So what are what is S-O-G-I? It stands for, apparently, sexual orientation and gender identity because, like, okay. we can't just say LGBTQ or anything like that. It's, it's, it's right. you know. Right, because they have, to, they have to create an alternative term. Right. So okay. they're calling Sorry, these... I just had to, like, the language in this matters so much. It does. It does. And it's, it's fascinating. Um... So they're calling these the SOGI laws, and they're not justified in principle. And the first bullet point after that is sexual orientation and gender identity are unlike other characteristics protected in non-discrimination laws. Because they see it, they see sexual orientation and gender identity as choices mm-hmm. and not what you are. Well, if you look at the brief that ADF put out about this case, because they're representing the funeral home. In this situation, which if you've heard any uh, us rant about ADF, like, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, catch up. We hate them. We're very, like, our childhoods were in bed with them. Yeah. Um, well, their whole, their whole brief and explanation for it says that trans people are men who believe they are women. Oh, yes. Like, they so don't. So they're brief about it. Yeah. They only refer to Miss Amy Stevens as this man they don't even use her name of course not 
they like they never acknowledge any possibility that she might be a woman. No. No, and that's their entire um, FRCs and ADFs like briefs on on the case. And uh, at the Values Voter Summit, Tony Perkins talked about how closely uh, the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defending Freedom worked together with Donald Trump on bringing this case to the Supreme Court and on putting the groundwork in place for like discrimination to be legalized. Um, so we'll link to that, but. It's a whole history. Um, but yeah, their whole thing is that like trans people don't exist and they're only the only version of trans people who do exist are men who believe themselves to be women. So their entire documentation is fear mongering about how men who think they're women are going to be using women's bathrooms and going to women's shelters and getting hired for positions that women should be and right well and their whole pre- their whole premise on that is that only someone who would want to molest women and children would do this right and that's the agenda and approach that frc has been touting for the last ever since they were established was that um queer people in general are all pedophiles that's where all of that stems from right and so not only are trans men not real right but bisexuals don't exist lesbians don't exist lesbians don't exist so it's just another like extended form of misogyny that just gets real exciting yeah real fast yeah uh, Long form misogyny. That's what this is. Yeah, that's really, that's what it all comes down to. Is is everything is like based on your genital makeup at birth, and that's how they can justify treating you one way or the other. And if you dare deviate from that, then you are an abomination, and you should be killed. And like a lot of people in FRC in ADF believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you dare deviate from that, you're also not just self-perversion, but interested in perverting others. Right, exactly. We're, we're all out to, out to uh, convert the straights here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of converting the straights, um, they go real Ayn Rand here for a minute, and I was kind of surprised. I mean, I'm not really surprised because I went to Grove City College, and I know, like, these, like, libertarian bigots really love this stuff. Right. But... Usually, this is very much pro-capitalist, pro-America kind of thing, rather than this like very like independent, anti, how um, anti-isolationist stuff. Yeah. So what what did we see here? Was it the Soji laws increased government yeah. interference in the free market? Mm-hmm. You want to take it? Yeah, Soji laws increased in government interference in the free market. These three kind of go together. Soji laws are invasive and cause tangible harms, and Soji laws limit access to needed social services by effectively driving out faith-based providers. So this is all based on market theory, which is my jam. And I find it so adorable. (laughs) So they think that um, these situations would naturally get weeded out by public opinion. The free market, so, the free market the free would market. decide the morality of hiring or firing trans people, and so that people would automatically just boycott institutions that 
do that or not boycott institutions that do that. And so the government doesn't need to get itself involved because like free market evolutionary processes, survival of the fittest bullshit would do the work for them. Right. Cause that's but, totally how it works in reality. But then why bring this to the Supreme court? Right. Why get involved at all? Because you, they're scared that they are the weak link in this evolutionary chain. So they want the protections to be able to be bigots. Right. So, um, invasive and cause tangible harms basically tell us how to run our businesses. That's, you know, anti-small business. Limit access to needed social services by effectively driving out faith-based providers, saying that, like, the market share, like, of faith-based providers would shrink if the government was regulating these kinds of things and fewer people would get the help that they need, which is actually funny, but, like, not true. Because it means that a lot of these faith-based providers are only providing services to people who meet their qualifications. So they are already limiting the access of the the market that would need those things supplied to them. Right. So by ruling out those kinds of providers, if they're going to be, you know, maintaining bigoted business practices means that the people who would be providing services are people who are going to be more open and accepting, which means that more people would actually have access. Right. So it's a faulty argument. Yeah. Well, all of their arguments are just like straws that they're grasping at. You want to take the last one? Because it's great. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just love how bad these are. They're so bad. Yeah, so the... I'm playing t-ball. I can, like, knock them out. The the last one, and there's, like, more in the document, but the last one that, that stuck out was, was great because this goes back to their hypocriticalness, which is, Soji laws, quote-unquote, legislate morality, end quote, the, quote, morality, end quote, of sexual revolution. And they're the, the argument that they... So wait, they want the free market to de- determine sexual revolution? We already did that, guys. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, they're not lost. happy with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so their, their blurb is, um, they send the message that it is morally wrong to disapprove of homosexual or transgender conduct. For such laws to be endorsed by citizens who believe that it is morally wrong to engage in homosexual or transgender conduct is a logical contradiction. The law is a teacher, and it is fundamentally unloving to teach our neighbors that they will find happiness by engaging in unnatural sexual conduct or by adopting a gender identity inconsistent with their biology and genetics. And You know what I, I, I love about this? Hmm. It's just like goes back to... Senator Warren's comment at the last forum. Yeah. Where this guy is like, I'm reading this comment or this question from our listener. And this listener wants to know if, because he's old fashioned or they, he, they, there's no gender assigned. Yeah. Because they're old fashioned, you know, they believe that marriage is between one man and a woman. And what would you say to that? And she's like, well, I'm assuming this person's a he. <laughs> Because of that question. Yep. And if he wants to marry one woman, he should do that. I'm cool with that. If he can find one. It was so good. It was but, so good. But like that's that's the that's that's the pivot that this thing spins on is like there's this assumption that they're like losing this culture war, so they want to codify their ability to 
win this culture war. Right. Because they think that they should. They right. think it's their, their God-given mandate to. Right. And so that's why they have to, you know, teach their abuse. Yes. Um, their neighbors that they're wrong about sexual gen- and orientation and gender identity. <clears throat> and uh, why don't they, if they're so into the free market, why don't they just go be miserable in their own little corners of the world and die out? Because, because despite all of the like discussions about how you can't or shouldn't legislate morality, what they really want is to legislate morality and that's what they're working for and that's what Mm -hmm. they think they're called to do is not, I mean, they don't want a democratic republic. They want a fucking theocracy. They want to return to what they believe God meant this country to be, which is Mm -hmm. not anything that's even in the constitution at fucking all. Mm -hmm. And like, that's their whole deal. And they're just, it's so funny to me to see them using arguments like they legislate morality, but it's not in the way we want morality to be legislated. And they're evading the democratic process and that's bad. They should not evade the democratic process because only we go to the courts to make sure that there is like a constitutional right that heterosexual marriage is the only one recognized like <laughs> right but if you put it to a vote right nationally speaking yeah i don't think he would succeed oh no absolutely not yeah uh the other thing that was an interesting talking point that i realized they had that was new to me Mm. was I was reading the I was on the Family Research Council website and reading their like press release about it and about this case about this case and one of the parts said Sarah Perry noted research showing a surprising overlap between diagnoses diagnoses sees whatever of diagnoses, <laughs> diagnoses yeah. of autism and diagnoses of gender dysphoria and argued that many young people struggling with autism are being misdiagnosed as transgender and Meg Kilgannon who was speaking when the parties came out at court at the end of arguments bluntly called out the lies of the transgender movement and urged listeners to stand up for the truth so it is actually interesting because there is so vaccines are making kids trans (laughs) right (laughs) but like there there is an unresearched connection between people who are diagnosed with autism and people who are trans and there isn't any science on it, but there is like enough of a connection that there should be science on it. But getting misdiagnosed as transgender is literally not a thing that happens. Nobody gets diagnosed as transgender. That is not how that works. That is literally (laughs) not how that works. You do not get diagnosed as transgender. That's I've never once seen that happen. But like, it's, it's fascinating to me that they're like, well, people aren't trans. They're just autistic. Like, that's not, that's such a fascinating and So then and being weird... trans is, is going to be labeled as a disability, which is going to be grounds for more discrimination. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, like, a really interesting angle that I hadn't seen them approach that from, and it's very, like... It's disturbing. Yeah, it's a dangerous angle. I don't like it. Well, because there is no data correlating these two. Right. There's, like... There is some pattern of it, but that doesn't mean that you can connect them. Right, right. Just because there is a correlation does not mean it's causing it. Yeah. 
Right. And so it's very dangerous to get into that. And this is why I made that joke, because this is going to hit on all of those anti-vaxxer fear-mongering messaging moments that have already proliferated in that community. It's just going to light up that existing network of like, you know, oh, we know that these things are this way and we're afraid of them, so let's add one more thing to be afraid of. Right, exactly, which is all that they have been doing with all of their messaging. Is it's all it's all fear mongering. It's all queer and trans people are out to get you and your kids or queer and trans people are disabled in some way and need to be fixed. And Mm -hmm. it's such we're just here to help them. Right. So patronizing. Okay, what else did you find? I saw that let's see. Oh yeah. They also um so ADF's press release on it. Uh, their like last line in their blip about it is they have um, what a loss would mean, mm-hmm. and um, is this getting at that social upheaval question I brought up? Yes, yeah. And so okay. the the end of their press release says, on the other hand. If the Supreme Court rules against Tom and Harris funeral homes redefining sex to include transgender status in federal law, it would have widespread consequences for everyone. One, it could undermine equal opportunities for women, allowing men to say there are, to say there are women to take women's athletic awards and scholarships, as in Connecticut, where two boys identifying as girls have won track and field state titles in the past two years, because that's... All right, first Clearly of all, sidebar about estrogen... In trans women, you don't get stronger. That's the wrong hormone. I got stronger. <laughs> I got more muscles. I'm taking testosterone. Taking estrogen does not make you stronger. It doesn't make you better at sports. These girls are just good at sports. Like, hormones don't have anything to do with that. Anyway. Um, I, 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 but every single time that whole conversation comes up, comes up, I find it so bafflingly, like separate it from science so obvious it's ridiculous it's it's your bones literally get weaker right yeah like it's it's a thing (laughs) it is a thing it's yeah anyway um the other the the second bullet point is it would jeopardize the dignity and privacy of women forcing organizations to open women's shelters locker rooms rest and restrooms to men who believe themselves to be women as an anchorage where the city commission tried to force a shelter to allow a man claiming to be a woman to sleep mere feet away from women who had been raped, trafficked, and abused. As if, as if the trans woman hadn't also experienced that and worse. These types of things. Right, so in the argument, in the oral arguments in this case, one of the things that was brought up was like, what if at a domestic violence shelter, you're mandated by law to have someone available to work with you and do intake for you who like matches your experiences right Mm -hmm. and so you have to have a woman and they're like so what if we had to like what if this ruled in favor of miss stevens and would make these shelters hire trans women to do intake for these right you mean the people who like face this the most yeah and then then what if you had quote unquote real women who are having to do intake with a trans woman and, I, and it was just oh so God. dumb. It was so dumb. And I was just like, really? Yeah. Why, you're so scared of this. Yeah. You're no, so like, scared of this. It's still ridiculous because 
there is actual data that shows trans women, especially trans women of color, have higher mm-hmm. rates of domestic abuse and death and so everything they're the people bad. that need this most yeah it's just like the thing you should do not the thing you should be using as your like straw man argument against right all right the third one is it could require doctors to participate in and employers to pay for hormone blockers or surgery to cosmetically change someone's body to appear as the opposite sex this would violate religious beliefs sacrificing freedom of conscience this is the pro-life argument. Right, which is just, it's so much bullshit. I'm not even, it's... yeah. So anyway, yeah. it would be, oh no, terrible for doctors to give you medicine that you need. Um, because right, like so... their personal opinion about your body is like, you don't go to medical school to only like enforce your personal opinion about people's well, bodies. Also like employers like providing healthcare, you should be providing healthcare no questions asked. Right. You should not be providing healthcare with stipulations of, but we won't pay for your birth control and maybe not your cancer treatment and right. maybe because, you know, we don't believe cancer is real. Right, exactly. Like, or we won't provide you vaccines because vaccines are bad. Like, right. Yeah. That's like, the same, that's the same logic. Here. It is. It is. And that's what they want is they want employers to be able to choose what they do and don't pay for, which like puts at risk literally everybody's health. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Four, it would compel professionals from all walks of life to refer to colleagues with pronouns and other sex-specific terms according to identity rather than biology, (laughs) threatening freedom of speech. (laughs) Oh my fucking god. I need more whiskey right the fuck now. (coughs) Sorry. I just... No. Hey, 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 bigots. Hey, bigots. Got a hot tip for you. Did you know that in English, we've been using the plural they, the plural, sorry, the singulars they, since like the 1300s. Oh my God. Hey, bigots. Did you know? You know what? You know what I love though? And this is a complete, Um. complete detour. But like, Mm -hmm. so when the Turpin case was up in California um, last Mm -hmm. year and I went to Sacramento. That is a detour. You should have warned me. Sorry. Well, yeah. somebody, Somebody saw the clip of me arguing in favor of of the bills and wrote up this entire entire expose and like dragged the fact that like i'm trans but never once oh, misgendered this is the, me this is the like the hit yeah it was the, like, like hit piece that yeah it was it was the hit piece that is like the best resume i could have ever written and didn't write it by oh nazis my God, it's so and good they were i hope so it's so angry. up i think it is they were so angry yeah no it was like it was like if you read this from our belief system and our per, like political perspective, like it's the most glowing endorsement of you as a human it's, ever. It's beautiful. I like. I I really just need to print that off and give it out as my resume. <laughs> like here, look. I'm anti. I have, fa- I have hate fans. Hate me. Even the Nazis hate me. I'm legit. I'm really into fa. Yeah. Anyway, that that just like is what that reminds me of. But like. How how horrible, <laughs> how horrible is it to call someone by, like, the correct pronouns? Like, how dare, how dare we be decent human beings? It's traumatizing. It's so threatening to my freedom of speech. Wow. Anyway. Just wow. Anyway, so that's what we got on that for now. Yeah. 
I would like to thank Carmen Longoria and Courtney Chinnett and Melissa Garagrant for informing this research as I worked my way through it without having a law background. Yeah. They have a little what you can do bit at the end of their press release. Oh, yeah. You can give them money. You can give them money or pray. Oh, I definitely will pray. Pray that the legal team would communicate the best arguments. Pray for the justices as they prepare to hear the arguments and pray for the former employer employee who is suing Harris Funeral Homes and pray for Tom and Harris Funeral Homes as they carry the burden of this lawsuit. Wow. That's such righteous culture warriors. Yeah. So what 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 living legends? They're mm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, my thoughts and prayers are definitely with them. Mm. I hope, I, I pray that, um, what's his name, Jim Birch, is that his name? I think, maybe. Or is that a character's name? I feel like that might be a character's name. No, John Birch. Jim. So Jim Birch is a character's name, John Birch. I pray that John Birch gets, like, really bad diarrhea. Yeah. Every day that he's representing this case. Yes. That's mostly all I got. Yeah. I pray that the ground is perpetually covered in Legos and they are always barefoot. (laughs) So let it be written. (laughs) As above, so below. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that's like where that's at, I guess. Yeah, that's where that's at. Those are the arguments. These are why the arguments are ridiculous and absurd. This is what you should know. Yeah. All right. Uh, call your reps. That's all I got. Just call your reps. Yeah. Work for a change in your state and local level. Like even even local ordinances count, and they're helpful. They and set, like, they establish legal precedent for this stuff in really great ways. They do. If you if you like establish an ordinance in your city and then contact your representative and be like, hey, this is working in the city. Introduce it at the state. Mm-hmm. Like it goes mm-hmm. further. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it feels awful and scary and terrifying, and but, but it, you're not it does helpless. have ramifications. We're not helpless. But, yeah, there's still stuff we can do. We can, like, thankfully, we are, our country is set up this way, where, like, states do have a lot mm-hmm. of power. And so it has to get to the federal level before, like, it gets ridiculous. So... Make change in your mm-hmm. state. Make your state a good place. And that will mitigate so much. Yeah. And, you know, use this area's full moon energy to, like, hex the bad guys. You can, yes. you, you can you know, be active in lots of ways. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you have questions or comments or want to suggest an episode topic, you can email us at kitchen table cult at gmail.com yep you can find us on patreon at kitchen table cult pod you can find us on twitter at i'm sorry uh, kitchen cult pod kitchen yes. cult pod um and please do read the post from kieran and support their ongoing medical experimentation because it's unfortunate and they don't have a job I did not sign up to be a medical guinea pig. I don't know how this happened. 
That's rude. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's rude, but I deeply appreciate any support that can be thrown my way because this is so, not so mildly terrifying. And in the meantime, we are your hosts, and the music on this podcast is from the band The Heavens on their album Stenazzo, and you can support us by joining our Patreon um, and our producers, Dave the Great. He's so good. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for supporting us in all of the ways that you do, and we will be back next week. Soon. Yeah. Talking about <laughs> William Barr, probably. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not going to be better. We discovered we knew this guy. It's oh. going to be fun. All yeah, right. so stay tuned for that. Bye. Bye.